Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello. Hello? Hello? Good morning. Good morning. This is Pam. Who's this? This is Vanessa, Pam. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? I'm well, and yourself? I'm doing just fine. Is this your first time on our call? Second. Okay, great. Great. Are you a friend of someone on the call? Actually, I was referred to uh, Mr. Sam by a coworker, and he prayed for me about a week or so ago, and then he told me about the calls and everything. Oh, okay. You're not Punch's friend, are you? I am Punch's friend. Okay, okay. I was on the call when he um, when he prayed for you that day. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I tell you what, ma'am. Woo, I I just, I don't know. I just, I've been reading and doing my homework assignment with the exception of uh, starting to read the Proverbs. I've read Isaiah and uh, Ephesians, and um, I'm also reading what we learn in church as well. Okay. You know, and um I've discovered I'm a very lazy Christian, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm admitting that, and uh, I just I can't continue on like that. Well, you are not alone in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Trust true, you are not but alone. I, you know, I um, it's the 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 sermon of the month is. Three ways to ruin your uh to ruin your life, and and it consists of being lazy, being disobedient to the word, and um, 
it's just been really hitting home, you know? Okay. 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 Well, well, first thing I would say is is don't beat yourself up over it. Since you've acknowledged it, then you come up with a plan on how you're going to change it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, I know I'm fighting. I I know I'm fighting a little bit of depression. Okay. Um, because I sleep a lot on the weekends, and my house is a wreck. It's not nasty, but it's cluttered. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and um, I look at it, and I'll start on it, and then it's like, uh, you know. It gets overwhelming. It is. It is overwhelming. And I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get a, just get a foothold so that I can pray myself up out of all of this stuff around me. Um, I don't know if Mr. Sam gave you the background on what I've dealt with the last three years. And, uh, well, I'm sure he did because, you, like you said, you were on the call pr- when he was praying. And I'm so ready to move past this stuff. And I'll admit, I've made friends with um, one of the nurses, and she's she's a really, really sweet lady. And when we talk, sometimes I get too much information that I shouldn't get, and, I, and there's no malice in it, but... I don't know if I need to be knowing it, and I don't. You know what I'm saying? Is she is she trying to give you advice, telling you what you should do? Well, it keeps me in the loop on what's going on with my in laws, and oh, um, awesome. the background with that is pretty much when my husband died, me and the kids died too. Oh, okay, that's unfortunate. Yeah. That's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, exactly. And um, it's just been a lot of mess because I thought these people really cared about us. Mm-hmm. And like I told Mr. Sam, the rejection hurt for a while there. And I'm so much better than I was three years ago. I I, I mean, I'm so much better okay, because, that's I want, because I want it to be. But when I talked to her um, – we have a great relationship. We spend a lot of time talking about God, I must admit that. And okay. she's a God-fearing woman, but I just, something, I don't know, something is, I don't know what it is. It's like something's a little bit off, and it might be me because I'm, I'm really hard with letting people in, but... I always, I mean, they talk about us. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law just kind of run us down, and we don't know why because we didn't have a relationship, per se, with them even before my husband died, and um, it's just a lot of stuff. And sometimes I just, what's happened is she's been there for three years, so as time progresses, she tells things will come out. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just got to figure out, I guess I got to put a boundary on that friendship is what I'm saying. Okay, if I may make a suggestion. Please. Okay, 
uh, in regard to the family drama, uh, you know, that I can relate with. And with me, it's not in-laws, it's literally family, um, blood family. Um, and so sometimes when they when they talk about you, it is jealousy. Okay. And you may not recognize it as such because you may look at like, what do they have to be jealous of about me? But it could it could be something that that you don't see. It's something about you. Okay. That that they are um, that they could be jealous of, and instead of acknowledging their issue, instead they put that on you. Okay. Okay. And especially if you do not respond the way that they feel you should when they're when they're being mean. Right. Right. Okay. So then you're considered you know, she thinks she's better than us and you know, and, and that type of thing. Those are their issues. They are not and the thing is is that they will continue to be their issues until they start taking care until they take stock of themselves. Right. I, and you know what? That's a, and, and what you said is true. I sit back. I'm going to give you just a little bit of this. Um, my mother-in-law, for some reason, has always felt like she had to compete with me. And she was literally one of those, I'm going to show you. So my husband didn't take care of himself and his body. He worked nights, so he never got adequate rest. She saw to that. Um, by calling 10 and 15 times a day and I need this and I'm not feeling well and can you come by and and we it, it started to put a strain on the marriage as far as us having arguments about it and because he would just be in such a foul mood after she after getting off the phone with her because she had a way of just doing that to him and mm-hmm. even the kids, as they got older, they started noticing. You know, my son would be like, Mom, Dad just yelled at me and got all over me for nothing. And he would come back and apologize. He recognized it, bless his heart, he did. But um, at one point, like I told Mr. Sam, I got to where I prayed for balance in his life because when my husband told me a couple of years before he died that he felt like he had to sneak to go see his parents, that wasn't what I was trying to accomplish, ma'am. I was just trying to tell him, you got to rest. You have a family over here. We got kids and mm-hmm. sports, you know, and he's just trying to do everything, everything, because his brother wouldn't. But okay. yet the brother was the favorite because he's high yellow. My mother-in-law's high yellow. My father-in-law's dark skin, and my husband was kind of dark skin. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was all that kind of stuff. So as time progressed, I saw that I was pretty much fighting a losing battle. And as I stated, God's uh, version of balance was to take my husband. My son and I woke up and found him dead one morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's traumatic in itself, you know, because what people see in a casket versus seeing an actual dead body is totally different. This is very true. And um, so anyway, um, my in-laws would do things for the kids, and, like, both of my kids are in college, so when we fell short, they would come in and, you know, do things for the kids. I'll give them that. Uh, My mother-in-law would uh, do things for the kids, and 
when my husband died, my brother-in-law, who had been stealing from them on a continuous basis because my husband caught him several times when he would check out their account, and, um, you know, they changed account numbers and all of that. Long story short, he's the executor over everything now, and um, his wife pretty much said, and my husband's nickname is Punch, by the way. His wife pretty much said that um, Punch kids got enough when Punch was alive. Ain't nobody else getting nothing from over here. Wow. So when my daughter called about a book, she was like, they don't have no money for no book, this, this, and that, and the other. When I know for a fact, ma'am, that they were sitting on somewhere between three and five hundred thousand dollars. Wow. They kept they kept a balance of anywhere from fifty to seventy in their check in on any given month. Wow. Uh, and so I when I say this, I never want people to, to think that it's about the money because it's not. It's the fact that you took the decision away from them. If they say no, then no. But right. for you to take the decision, they even went as far as to take their IDs from them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they took their IDs, their driver's license, and because they knew my kids drive and they were scared about the fact that one of them might come through and the grandparent might say, yeah, baby, I'll give you this for that. Run me to the bank and get it. You understand? Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that was the purpose of taking the license. And my mother-in-law has uh, dementia. It's, it's coming. It's really getting worse. And my brother-in-law will not take her to get the treatment for the dementia. Wow. So that's kind of what we're dealing with. And the one thing that did come out of this was God was showing me, I got you. I got you and your kids. You don't have to depend on any man for anything because what I have is way more than anything a man can give you. Mm-hmm. And we, it's tight, but we haven't missed a beat. I mean, the kids are in school. The house note gets paid. The car note gets paid. I mean, God is making a way. I'm still paying my tithes, and I'm just trusting in the Lord. But all of the way all of that went, it just was hurtful is what I'm saying. And it was hurtful to the kids. It was really devastating to them. I can believe that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, you know, well, I think the best thing is that, you know, you have your relationship with God and that you have the faith and you believe and, um, and you are seeing that he is taking care of you. Um, I would add pray for your brother-in-law and, and his wife because the enemy has a complete hold on them. Oh, okay, yeah. they are they are so focused on on money. It is yes. it is ridiculous and for them to be treating, you know, his parents that way um is you know, is just beyond ridiculous. If they are the executor, you know, then obviously they are going to have control over, you know, what happens when when God decides to take them home, but yes. that's no excuse why they're here on this earth not to make sure that they get the best care, um, you know, because obviously they are, you know, they are well off. And if they have that type of money available right. to them, then I'm sure they have, you know, excellent health care and that. And so there, there's just no earthly excuse to, um, to purposely let 
them deteriorate like that. And, and here's what happened. My mother-in-law, about two weeks after my husband passed, fell and broke her knee. So, you know, when the elderly have surgery, they tend to put them in a home for the rehab part of it. Right. So my mother-in-law goes to the home. I go visit. And my mother, who is 81 herself and walks like 20 miles a week and works in her garden, she's unbelievable. But that's another story. (laughs) kept telling me, Vanessa... Nana's in the nursing home too long. It just doesn't take that long. She said, when I, you know, it just doesn't. She said, that doesn't sound right. So we look up, and it's two and three and four, and almost five months come around. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and by then, my brother-in-law is really in my father-in-law's ear, just all over him, all over him, all over him. They're just best of buds. My brother-in-law talking, he loves to talk. He said to me, Mama coming home in a week or two, but if if Mama hadn't been in that nursing home, I never would have got my hands on their money. Ooh. Mm. She was, the father was pretty much kind of coaxed into turning everything over. The minute he signed the stuff over, they hired 24-hour nursing care for them. Because my sister-in-law said, they're not going to kill my husband like they kill Punch. Whoa. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So that's just giving you a little bit of, of you know, what I'm dealing with. And he married a, cor- a carbon copy of my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law. Hello? Yes, ma'am, I'm here. Okay. So all of a sudden you just went you went like just went black. I'm like, okay, what happened to the call? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard a recording come on and then it went away. Oh, okay. So that's kinda where I am. Um I feel I'm kinda embarrassed because I'm still talking about it. I've forgiven. I have, and I learned about forgiveness, that that's something you have to do every single day until it's completely gone. I thought, just forgive and you're fine. And I kept saying, well, Lord, why does this stuff keep coming back up? Uh, At one point, whenever something broke or we had to scrape to get the money, all that stuff would come rushing back. And I would say, move it, Lord, move it. You're a lie. I gave this to, to God. I cast this in the sea of forgiveness. And I would immediately start praying for them. But I've just never I've just never seen anything like it. And, I, you know, I want to be, I don't know, I guess I'm just, I guess I just want to be completely done with all of that, period, <laughs> point blank. Well, it's family, so that's that's hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say um, to start praying for your brother-in-law and your and your sister-in-law because um, they definitely need it, um, as well as your your in-laws. Um, yeah. You know, because they they need it as well, especially with the treatment that they're receiving. Yeah. You yeah. know, right now. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, and and short of that, it may not be anything else that you can do because you're you're not 
officially blood. Exactly. Um, and you know, and then there's no no legal paperwork that has your name on it that would give you you know I mean unless you could prove that they are truly mistreating them um, you know like physically or something where you could call in the authorities um, your your hands are, are probably kind of tied um, in the flesh so you the only way that you can try and help them is spiritually and I want to say this. I don't think if I, here's the thing, this is going to come out bad, but it's the truth and it's something I've learned over the course of time. We're dealing with two elderly people who are so in love with their son who, and that's that's fine, I love my children too, who are both two-faced. They talk out of one side. And and if I and if I had the authority to go in and make a difference, they would flip it on me as if no, we it wasn't our deal, that was her idea. You understand? Right. And that's that's why I stepped away from it completely as far as that's concerned, because it's just the way they love that boy so much that even though he's doing wrong, they're okay with it because that's the only son we have left, and he's threatening them occasionally with, you know, I'll, I'll put you both in the nursing home. And, Dad, because you're a retired vet, you won't be together either. Mom will go somewhere else, and you'll go, you know, little stuff like that. Now, that's, I mean, that's just straight evil talking. It is. It is straight evil. But when they get mad, say, for example, if my father-in-law questioned them about his money or want to know, they just, that's what they resort to. And he always says, you know, punch, even though I'm blind, and he is, he's blind, but his faculties are sharp. He said, punch always gave me a play-by-play when he had to get medication, when he had to get this repaired, when he had to do this. He always gave me a play-by-play of what was in my account. But if they ask him, he just goes completely off, he and the wife, and, you know, say little hateful things like that. Yes, because they're they're spending that money and they're spending it where they you know absolutely they shouldn't be in it that they shouldn't be doing and so when they get asked about it they you know they feel get some defensive. kind of way and they and they just get defensive and see it. Yeah, uh, that's um, a, that's exactly what it is. The and other uh, thing I want to, to mention to you the the coworker that you um, that you have befriended. Um, the nurse that one of the nurses that works for them, yes, ma'am. Right. Um, you know, also be careful of her because if she's telling you things about them, she may be saying things to them about you. Yeah, and and I I had to realize that because sometimes she's real strong and 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 strong in her conviction and feelings about what's going on over there and how it's not right and, and this, that, and the other, and then she'll turn around and, and defend them too. So I started picking up on that mm-hmm. recently, you know, and I, like I said, I love her to death, but it's like, no, you now you're kind of wishy-washy too. I don't know if those spirits are rubbing off on you over there, but, I mean, when you go in that house, you can just feel it's like, it, it, it's it's something in there, I'm telling you, and it always has been. Okay. It's, it's something that vexes you, 
And I, I haven't been over there since Christmas. I keep my visits far and few because I don't want to be fake. And, you know, I love them, but I just love them from a distance. Okay. I got one other thing I'm going to say, and then we're going uh, to get back to Ms. Felicia, um, who, yes, is, who is on the call. Um, when you were talking about, um, you know, like with the house being cluttered and and um, and you feeling depressed sometimes, um, I, I have a suggestion for you in regard to um, trying to get rid of the clutter. You know, there's a saying, you know, how you eat an elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. And so instead of uh, trying to to do it all at once, which is easy to get overwhelmed, um, start in one room. Okay. And, you know, if it's that, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to focus on, on this side of the room today. Okay. And then maybe, you know, a couple of days later, you know, depending on what your schedule is, um, I'll focus on the other side. Okay. And then whatever you, when you take stuff out, don't put stuff back in. Okay. If it, okay. If it does not go in that room, then don't put anything in it because otherwise you'll just end up moving, you'll just end up shuffling your clutter around. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And so, yeah. you know, so start with, you know, I'm going to start on this side of the room today. And what do they say when you're, when you're organizing that you're either going to keep it, and if you keep it, you put it where it's supposed to go, or you're going to donate it, or you're going to throw it away. Okay. You know, okay. and, 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 make, and make that decision. And so um, and when, once you get that room clean, nothing else goes in that room unless it actually belongs in that room. Okay. Yes, ma'am. And in that way, you can start to see some progress. Yes. And that, and that will help, you know, like lift your, lift your mood a little bit if you start to see some progress. Yeah. Um, in regard to um, how you're feeling sometimes, I would say find something that you enjoy doing. If it's, you know, like taking a walk is great to to clear your head and to um, and to lift depression sometimes. You know, look up at the clouds and the sky. You know, if you can, if there's a park that you can go walk by and they put, you know, when they put out the flowers and that type of thing and just admire you know, all the beautiful things that God has given us to, you know, to admire. And it, it takes yeah. your mind off of the things that are bothering you. Okay. Okay. You know, and, you, and you're getting fresh air and you're getting exercise and, and you're de-stressing. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You know, so, so taking a walk will help. If you like to read, you know, if you can just carve out 30 minutes out your day to just sit down with a book that you enjoy, and just do that and not feel guilty about it. Okay. Okay. You know, because it sounds like, you know, like you're not doing enough for you. That is true, and I'm not. You know, and so, you know, you you start start small. You know, if you carve out 30 minutes a day, that's just for yourself. If you if you go for a walk, if you read a book, if you just, if you just sit and, and just not think, you know, just have that 30 minutes. And then eventually, you know, it will grow from there because your children are in college. You don't have any yeah. children at home right now, right? No, ma'am, I sure don't. Okay. So you're going to have more and more time for yourself. 
And so you have to learn how to, to do things for you now and to enjoy it and, in, and not feel guilty about it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You are so welcome. Good morning, Ms. Felicia. Hey, did she have us on mute? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Need a few more minutes? Um, yeah, give me that two minutes to set up. Okay. Yeah, you got two minutes to set up, but I'll be ready. No. <laughs> I'm off. Oh, my God. Um, oh. You want me to go ahead and open up in prayer? Yes, please. Okay. <clears throat> Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call that allows us to to have a place to call in to fellowship and to share in your word and to learn of your word. Father, I pray that something that we hear on this call today will help us in our walk with you, will help us in our walk just in our our daily lives. And I pray, Father, that the things we learn on this call, that that it will help put a light in us that will shine so bright that other people are trying to figure out what is the source of that light and in turn could bring someone else to you, Father, whether we recognize it or not. I pray that we always try to be a blessing to others, even if it's something as simple as saying hello to a stranger, because we never know we could be the only person that acknowledged that person that day. They could have been feeling invisible until we said hello. You don't have to know someone to speak to them. It's just a common courtesy. Father, we thank you for Vanessa being on the line today. We welcome her to the call. Father, we say a prayer for for her family. We pray for their health and for their wellness. Father, for her, her, her brother-in-law and his wife, it is, it is so easy to see that the enemy has a firm grasp on them, that, they, that he can turn on his parents the people who gave him life, and to treat them in such a mean, foul way and because of money. Father, we know that he does not understand (laughs) on judgment day it is not going to work out well for him. He's not even thinking that far ahead. He's so caught up in the here and the now. But there is a chance to save his soul, Father, even though he has to make the final decision. But it doesn't mean that we can't stand in the gap for him and to pray for him and his wife. Amen. To pray that that the enemy's grip on them loosens a little bit each day, allowing them to, to breathe some fresh air and to recognize what they're doing to their parents. Father, we pray for the for the for Vanessa's in laws as well. We pray for their health and for their wellness. We pray that the people that the nurses that have been hired to take care of them are children of yours, Father, and Amen. take their job seriously. 
and are taking care of this elderly couple. We pray, Father, that they know you and that they have sought forgiveness for their sins. Amen. Father, I pray that Vanessa starts to take the time for herself. She recognizes the things that she needs to do. And so now she just needs to start to implement a plan on doing better. Amen. And so we hold her up, Father. We offer her this call to come to as often as she likes to become a regular. She will find that this is a place of no judgment. That is the great thing about this call, that we can call in and we can share what's going on with ourselves and not be judged. And in return, we find that other people may not be going through exactly the same, but perhaps something similar and sometimes something worse. Amen, Jesus. Because when we are in the midst of something, we think we are the only one. And a lot of times we do get embarrassed, which is why we don't reach out. But then the other times we don't reach out because we don't want to be judged. We just want to be heard. And if someone can give us some constructive advice, not critical advice, and that is the great thing about this call that you have created, Father, this this environment that you have nurtured that allows us to come together and to share and to help one another. This is why we get up every morning and we're on this call for hours some days. Mm. And even when people are away for a while, yesterday Cheryl called in to the, to the, to the church call. She hadn't been on a call, ooh, can't even remember when. But when she didn't go to church yesterday, for whatever reason, she knew where to call and to still get her word. This is an awesome thing that you have built, Father. And again, we thank Sam, your child, for being obedient and doing as he was told because you planted the seed in him and he has planted the seed in others. And look at how we've grown. And we can be there for others as they discover us one at a time. And we can continue to do the work that you want us to do. Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you that we made the decision to call in this morning. Father, we thank you that we have a roof over our head and a safe place to sleep at night. We thank you, Father, that we have food to eat. It may not always be what we want to eat but we have something to eat, and there are others who do not. So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for the hot and cold running water. We thank you for the lights and for the gas. Father, we thank you for our ability to see and to hear, to taste. We thank you for the ability to touch and to feel. 
Father, we thank you for the ability to walk, the things that we, the little things that we just take for granted, that we just get up and do. And Father, we thank you for the ability to love and to be loved. There is so much that you do for us, Father. We thank you, Father, for protecting us and always providing for us. And, Father, we thank you for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm headed into the office. Thank you guys so much. You are so welcome. You have a blessed day. Thank you, and you guys as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amen. Amen. Oh, oh. <laughs> Wait a second, please. Okay. okay. Hello? Hmm? Okay, they hung up. Okay, they hung up. All right. Oh, praise God. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> it's early in the morning. Um, wow. 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 Yep. Well, I think I think she needed that this morning. She did. She did. <clears throat> she did. There's always a reason for everything. So, because I, I had overslept. I did. I'm not even going to lie. I'm like, wait. And it's, and it's just so interesting. I woke up right when I did, and I, when I called it, I was like, wow. I felt it was meant for she needed to be able to do that. And I was like, God, you're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like you said, I mean, and what makes it so hard, and what's even better is that we're able to do that, you know, where, you know, you know you're know, not able to do that in a regular church setting because everybody's on, you know, it's all, it's all about the time. Well, we're on time and everything is structured. Well, the way this call is set up, we're able to do a time delay and and do it and do ministering where it needs to be done, you know. And whoever comes knows, oh, okay, let's we're gonna wait and and let this be done first. Let God do what He needs to do first. And we don't get caught up on the um on the time factor with the you know with the church call that's different, you know. And and I do get to be you know I do try to be a stickler in, in that regard because it is, you know, the church call. But like, you know, during the week with the with the prayer call, we don't we're not a stickler for time. Right. You know. So if someone is on and, you know, like this morning, um um, you know, she she needed to, 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 to get that off of her. You know. And so um it's not, oh, no, but we start at 730 and, you know, we, we, we can't do that right now or, you know, or anything like that. Um, or even if it had happened after, you know, at the end of the Bible study, because we've had that happen, too, where you finished the lesson for the day and then the discussion went on for another couple of hours. Right. You know, and so, um, 
you know, like you say, that's the, the great thing about our call because it does provide uh, people with that outlet to be able to, to do that. Yes, yes, yes. And without and without judgment. Yes. And and yes. that's you know, and that's the other thing. And that's the and that's really like one of the most important things because that you know you know it's not gonna be oh well we're gonna talk about that you know you know later and and be whispering and you know and cast the judgments and all this other craziness it just doesn't work that way and then you can feel it at the end of the day you know that and that you know especially that you've been heard. You know, you've been heard and not just, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, well, and you've been ministered to. Yes. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. That's the awesome thing. That is the awesome thing. All right. All right. All right. <clears throat> and it and it falls into um make us a bad I didn't take any notes yesterday because yesterday's um service was really good. It was you know really like Sam or your church? Sam. Oh yeah. And he was all over the place yesterday too. Yeah. You know, he started in one area and then, you know, <laughs> ended up on the other side of the room. Back near the door, <laughs> over by the window, sitting on the couch. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh gosh! <laughs> I really wish she could. Um, I really wish we could record those two as well, because I there was so there was some points that she made that me trying to remember it now. I'm like, yeah. Hmm. You know, but it was really good. I know. I'm glad that you were on the call yesterday because, you know, on Mondays you always ask me, um, you know, like what is Sam, if you didn't, you know, hear the call, you always say, you know, what does Sam talk about? And and I was thinking like, okay, what could I even tell her today? He was all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it was needed. Mm-hmm. It was needed, you know, because we're all in that. Um, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. The blues of Jesus cover you. Have a good day. You look like a. Uh, you look. Uh, I'm sorry, you're not gonna. You're not gonna look anything but like a child. So, yeah, you'll be all right. You're short. Okay. You look fine, sweetie. It's your first, my daughter's first day at um, work, but she's going back to her old high school, and she's worried about looking like one of the kids, and I'm like, there's no way around that you're going to look like one of the kids. <laughs> you know, I don't care how much makeup she puts on, she looks like one of the kids. But, yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. Um, church yesterday was awesome. 
I was not able to get back. Oh, I was. I have. I really have to get back on mastermind calls, but um. Oh, oh, thank you. All right. Um, I really have to get back on the mastermind calls because those are are very beneficial as well. I just it seems like um once I get to to my church, everything kind of goes over. Um. The, the call time, so I have to figure something out. What were the principles that you went over um, yesterday? The main point. Okay. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> what were some of the main points that you went over yesterday during the mastermind call? Uh, yesterday, um, what did we talk about? Um, hold on one second. I went through two principles yesterday. Hold on one second. That I can do. <clears throat> Um, we talked about keeping your agreements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the things that you agree to do, basically your commitment, you know, keep your commitment. Um, he called them agreements, but, um, you know, because when you, when you say, that you're going to do something and, um, you know, like if you had, you know, you know, Pam, would you put this spreadsheet together for me? I need it by, you know, by Thursday. And I say, oh, okay, sure, no problem. Um, But then Thursday comes and I don't have it. um, I I should be contacting you. If I know I'm not going to have it ready by Thursday, I should call you before Thursday. If it's a last-minute thing, then I should be calling you on Thursday and saying, you know, you know, I'm sorry it's not going to be done by today, um, but I can have it ready for you tomorrow. Will that work for you? Um, you shouldn't have to, to call me to find out why I haven't done it because I said I would have it on, you know, on Thursday. Um, we're talking about how it you know, creates distrust um, not only with the other person but with yourself because if you continually agree to do things that you won't, um, that you don't do, even in your own mind, you'll start to not believe yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and how, you know, some, there's nothing wrong with, with saying no. And I had said, you know, that, that mothers have a hard time. Women have a hard time with that, and especially mothers, you know. And so um, they end up, you know, being the president of the PTA and the, the, the chairperson for this committee and, and organizing that fundraiser and, you know, and having all this stuff on their plate because they have a hard time saying no. And when people realize that, they, you know, they take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and the other principle was be a class act. And he talked about how, um, you know, that there would always be one person in a in a group that um, that people tend to uh, gravitate towards. You know, that they, they you know they always want their opinion on things that they um, they trust their beliefs. If you know if 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 this person you know agrees, then it must be a good thing. Or if this person disagrees, it must be a bad thing. Um, and because of how they, you know, like conduct themselves. And so he gave some tips on how to be a class act, um, you know, how to be known as one, how to be recognized as one, why it helps you succeed. And, you know, and I was just talking about when I was in corporate America and, um, you know, most of the most of the companies I worked for, the dress code was always uh, business casual, but I don't like business casual in the workplace. I just think that um, it, it's too vague and it's, it's really not enforced. And then I like to dress up. I like to look good. And so I would still wear my dresses and skirts and my pantyhose and my heels, and I would always be perceived as having a higher position than I did because of, of how I dressed and how I carried myself in the office. Um, and then, um, but then also mentioning that even like a class act, how they do have bad days, you know, is just, again, how they handle it. Because once you're recognized as a class act, you are kind of like held to a, people expect, they don't realize that they're holding you to a higher standard, but they do expect more from mm-hmm. you. And so, you know, when you're having a bad day or when someone's working on that nerve, um, you know, people are looking to see how how you handle it, you know. And and sometimes you do have to go outside and, and get some air and take a walk or go in the bathroom and, and, and ask God for strength and, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, just because you, you walk that walk, it does not mean that you, that you still don't stumble sometimes. Right. So we had a good conversation. That's good. And that, and that falls right in line because as you were talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, trailblazer, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that falls in line with, with, the, with some of the, what he was talking about in church, you know, about you know being what? a trailblazer. That is so right. So that that's... So as you, you know, like we've always said, every call goes hand in hand, and so just wow, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That is true. I, I didn't think about that last night. Hmm. Um. We gotta get started. This is already eight twenty-one. Um, but uh, I wanted to take a pause from Genesis for today. Um, and uh, I I wanted to, I felt led to um, um, touch on 
what um, the young lady was talking about, um, Vanessa, and, you know, and just, and it falls along with, it, with being a trailblazer and a class act and, and things like that in our walk. So we're going to be reading um, in James. We're going to be reading out of the book of James today. Um, Is that the book of James? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes. And um, so this this is for this is for this is really going to be uh, yeah about about change about us uh, you know it, it falls in line with what we were reading about in Genesis as well, but in relation to what um, Vanessa discussed in, in service yesterday, um, it it's purposeful to to take this call so that we can gain strength and wisdom into what God wants us to, you know, what God wants for us and from us. And so starting at the um, first verse, so the letter, it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord, Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. So this letter is for everyone. It's not just for a certain group of people. It's for everyone. All of those who have been who are God, <clears throat> who are God's people. This is for them. Okay. So it starts in verse two. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And so right here, um, he says to count it a joy that when you fall into various temptations, but one thing I want to point out is that God has already said he doesn't tempt us. So who tempts us? It's the, the enemy tempts us. So count it a joy that he wants to tempt you. Because when we go back to um, the story of Job, he only went after Job because he saw God in him. And he wanted to, he wanted to basically... Um, to kill that joy that he had in God. So, but in that whole thing, even through all the various temptations, it worked patience to Job where his faith increased even more so in God. So we have to count it in joy because I know a lot of ministers say if you're not being tempted by something, then you're doing something wrong. If you If everything is... Everything is, you said everything is a bad roses, but that means you're going in the same direction that the enemy is going. If you're not going in the in the direction of God, you better check 
your navigation. And I thought that, you know, so we have to count it uh, when, you, when we fall into various temptations. And we count, we count temptations as, you know, it can be anything. It's not, it's not just sexual temptations. It could be the temptation to lie or the temptation to be proud or the temptation to, to fall into old habits or whatever. So when you fall into those various temptations, count it a joy that is in me working your faith. But is that working? Like the Lord said, he said, wherever the devil meant for bad, he turns it around for your good. It says, count it that a joy and let that patience have the perfect work that you are perfect because that means God will turn around in your favor and work it towards your good. He will work it towards your good. And you're, cause you, when, you, when you're going through various temptations, you start bringing up the word of God. Excuse me. <clears throat> you start focusing more on God because you know it's a temptation. And you try to flee from temptation. So you flee from temptation towards God. And you're wanting nothing. You're wanting nothing because now you're, you are working your patience, that strength of your your faith in God, and you're like seeking Him. And you said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added." So that means you, everything that you need will be added unto you, so that you want and lack nothing. And that can be wisdom, that can be knowledge, that can be finances. Wanting nothing, because God God honors. What do you do to flee temptation? He honors that. And in verse 5 it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives it all men liberally and upbraideth not, it should be given to him. So here it says God will give you wisdom without reproach. He will give you what you need for you to succeed in life, if that's in business, if that's in your relationship, even in your walk with him, he will give you the wisdom that you need. But you have to ask. It says, ask in faith. Ask in faith, not wavering in your faith, not wavering in knowing that God will answer your question. And that's that's one of the things that when you read back in in what we read in Genesis so far, where we fall where they fell short, and where we fall short now, we will not ask God why. We will ask everybody else. We'll even you know we'll even try to talk our way out of the situation in our own self. You know, like, okay, um, I'm dealing with this thing, okay, you know, and we'll try to figure it out, but we never take that moment in time and say, God, why? You know, why am I dealing with this financial issue again? Why are we sitting, you know, why am I dealing with this health issue again? Why is the enemy coming at my parents again? And if we were to do that, we would, he would, it says he would give us the answer freely. And without reproach, he would not. He won't get mad that you're asking him that question. He's actually looking for us to ask these questions 
so that he can give us the answers and the solutions to whatever issues we're dealing with. In verse 6 it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he should receive anything of the Lord. Oh, sorry. And so that um, we have to don't waver in your faith that he will answer. Don't waver in your faith because it says over here in verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We cannot, it says, going back to verse 10, it says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And that's basically saying, not to think that you won't receive it. You will receive it. You will receive it because God said it. He will give it to you. So we can't say, well, he won't give me that answer. So what's the point of me asking him? He won't answer that question. No, because now you're being, you're being double-minded. You can't think, well, oh, excuse me, or even better yet, you can't think that he'll answer your question when you pray and ask for somebody else, but then you don't think he will do it for you. A lot of times we think that way. We'll say, okay, I pray for um, I pray for Samantha or I pray for Sam or Morgan or whoever, and God gave me the answer to their prayer, but, you know, the request for, you know, answers and, and solutions. But if I pray for myself, he won't answer for me. And that's being double-minded. That's, that's wavering in your faith. If you have faith for everyone else, you have to have enough faith that he will give it to you as well. It says in verse 9, that the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. And so this is... Um, this is about circumstances. We have to understand that if it goes back to one of the things that Paul has said, he said, if I am if I am exalted, I'm good. And if I'm abased, I'm good. I'm content in whatever situation I'm in. And that's basically again what Sam is, I'm sorry, what James is saying. No matter what level he's at. But no matter what level we're at, we have to be content and find the joy in it because things will pass away. Things will pass away. But being a, a, a person, I tell myself all the time, there's only two things that you did, three things that you definitely have um, control over. That is yourself, your integrity, and your word, being honest, you, whatever your word is, if you don't keep your word, 
it doesn't matter if you have five dollars or five thousand dollars. They can't. The person cannot trust you. But if you are constantly walking in humbleness and integrity and honesty, there's nothing that can be withheld from you because people know you and people are attracted based on those things or repelled. Maybe they want dishonesty, but people really are looking for someone with integrity, and that's basically what we, and being content, is, is it works hand in hand with that because you know within yourself that, okay, This is all I have. So this is all I can give. And so if all you have is your word that like you like the 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 the, the um example you gave about the um the deadline, if all you have is your word, then you wanna stick with your word. You don't want to, you know, and then like you said, go back and if you can't do it for any reason, going back and saying, I can't do it, but I can do this, because that shows the integrity of who you are, not making excuses, but actually explaining the reasons why. If it was because that you, you know, you got too busy, you put too much on your plate, I mean, you don't have to give all the details, but if you're asked, tell the truth. Verse 11, for the sun is no sooner risen with the burning heat, but it withers the grass and the flower thereof falls, and the grace of the fashion of the parish. So also shall the rich man fade away in his, in his ways. And that's just explaining how quick riches can come and go. Riches come and go, things come and go, car accidents, fires, you know, natural disasters, thievery, all of these, you can, you can stop market crash, all of these things come and go at the drop of a hat. In verse 12, it says, blessed is the man, though, that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. And so that's just letting us know that at the end of it all, at the end of it all, that's, you know, resisting that temptation and enduring it to, and actually walking away from it and not getting in, that is more better than just, you know, um, giving into it. Because some people say, it was just so hard to resist. Why was it so hard to resist? When it says right here that blessed is the man that endures the temptation, goes through the temptation, runs from the temptation, however it is that you get out of it, but you don't get into it. We receive, uh, we receive the crown of life. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he, neither tempts he any man. And so a lot of people say, well, I'm going through this, and I'm going, you know, no. 
if it's a solicitation, there's a note for this in my study Bible, and it says tempt. To tempt is to test, try, prove, or solicit to evil. And the same Greek word is used to mean those trials that are designed to prove the quality of one's character. In this word, in this verse, tempt means a solicitation to evil. And this is not from God, but from man's own inner lust. Any attempt at self-excuse is based on ignorance, both of God and of the nature of temptation. And so a lot of people try to blame their temptations on God, oh, God's testing me, God's testing me. And it's like, no, he's not. That's you wanting to do what you want to do or your flesh trying to get you to do something because it no longer wants to, you know, walk the narrow walk or whatever. But we cannot blame our temptations on God. You know, we say, oh, that's the devil that made me do No, but, but you're supposed to read. If you know, and then, and then on the flip side, if you know it's a temptation from the devil, and you do it anyway, then you're mad at the devil. You, no, he only tempted you. But the word of God says resist the devil and he will flee. So you can resist him, and God will give you a way out, but you have to be willing to take the way out and resist the temptation once it's there. Verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And so it it, it goes back to, again, something that Deb had spoken on. I believe it was in church yesterday or the call last week, you know, about the spiritual death. I was on the call last week during the reading, and he was saying it's Spiritual death, not physical death, but spiritual death. And spiritual death means your communication with God is broken. And so, um, you know, because it's the guilt. When we sin, when we when we let temptation have its free reign and we let it go its course, we feel guilty. We are, we condemn ourselves. We feel bad. And now we no longer communicate with God any longer because now, just like with Adam and Eve, we go and we hide behind a bush. And when God comes to talk to us and he says, he says, where are you? Now you're hiding behind a bush because now you feel guilty about what you know was wrong and did anyway when you could have just walked away from the temptation. But the thing is, in, 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 you understand that you cannot defend that. You cannot excuse that. But because of Christ and the sacrifice that he made, we can go back and ask for forgiveness without being, without being ashamed. You know, we go, if we're with our whole heart, now, if you just stayed it with your mouth, but your your heart is still like, well, ooh, that was good, so I might have to try that again. But you're not really sorry. But if you're really sorry 
I mean, with your whole heart and soul, you know, that you've committed this thing and you've given into this temptation and you want to go and you want to go back and say you're sorry, God will accept the apology. He will accept the apology. And there's nothing that you have to do but go back and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I apologize. I've I've done you wrong, you know. And listening to, you know, um, the situation with the young lady from earlier, you know, we can stand in the gap for the the in-laws, but at the end of the day, if there's no true heart repentance for all that they have done, the repercussions are endless and unavoidable. Without God to be that buffer to, between them and the backlash, you know, that's going to come, it, it's, it's going to be devastating. Moving on. Are there any questions or comments up until that point? Mm-mm. Verse 16, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every good perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of, of light, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Um, so here is a change of his own, verse 18, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. And it says, the note on here says, of his own will. So God's purpose and will for us is all, um, is just to believe on him and the word of truth. And we're, we're his first fruits. He gave us life. He gave us this life. He, I mean, so if he gives, just like with a parent, you know, we give our parent, we give our kids a life. And so a good parent, because we, we all know that, not, you know, there's some parents that are not good, but a good parent will not try to destroy what they what has been created through them, they try to build up. They try to show and give knowledge and and wisdom and understanding and teach their kids how to discern the good from the bad and how to you know and how to walk um, in integrity. Well, if we do that as good parents, how much more would God do for His children? How much more in then some would he go beyond, above and beyond all that we can ask or think in each and every one of our lives? So we have to look at God through the lens of all the examples that he gives us on this earth and then multiply it by 100. And even then, we're not giving him enough credit. Verse 19, wherefore, my beloved brother, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow in anger. 
For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And right here is is very key. And a lot of of believers have to remember this. We have to be real quick to hear. Let us hear, really hear, not just what if we get into um, an argument or or um, a disagreement with people, but with ourselves and with God. We have to really listen because it's all in listening. Listening is more important than speaking. Because if you're talking, that means you're not you're not gaining anything. You're saying stuff out, you know, there might be knowledge that you're given, but if you're not willing to listen as well, then you're not you're not making up you're not getting a complete picture. It's only your dimension. We are, we are everything in this world that God's created is multifaceted. I mean, look at how you can describe the sky. Look at how you can describe the sun. Look at there's there's no one way to see anything, but there is one truth. There's one truth, but there's many nuances that people see outside of that one truth. For example, with the sun, there are three things that no one is, excuse me, three things that no one can dispute about the sun, that it's bright, that it gives off heat, and that it rises and falls every day. Those three things no one can dispute because you see it. It's true, but there are other things, there are other details that you can give that another person might not see. Well, I see that the clouds are covering the sun. On your on your side of town, the clouds are covering the sun. Somewhere else, it's a complete sunny day. I see rain coming. The, the clouds are dark. There are so many, on the other side of town, there's no clouds, there's no, it's still sunny and bright. I see the sun through the trees. There might not be trees in somebody else's perspective. Oh, I see my shadow in the ground because of the sun, but because it's cloudy and on the other side of town, they can't see their shadow. Everybody's perception of the truth changes. So we have to be willing to hear so that we can get a full picture of everything. And then from what you hear, then you can speak your knowledge. Well, oh, now we're comparing what we see in that one truth. And so at the end of the day, when I see what you saw, I can say, oh, now I see what you meant. On the cloudy day, I can't see my shadow. Ah, I didn't know that. Now we all get an understanding about the truth and throw the anger. Because my truth and your truth doesn't coincide, doesn't my details and your details about the truth don't coincide does not mean that we have to get angry about it. We should still be able to share the truth of what we see based on how we're seeing it when it comes to the word of God. What I know and what you know 
I'm different because I experience a different. Whoever just came on the line, could you please put your phone on mute? Information about a free subscription discount code by calling now. There is no obligation. Operator standing by. Call 800 Excuse me. Can you please put your phone on mute? Okay. Okay. Because that's like I, I, I can't hear you for, for all of that uh, background noise. Right. Thank you. Thank okay. you. But if I could interject and, and, and say something when you were talking about, um, you know, like the listening aspect, um, I read something on Facebook that that, uh, that touched me and, it, and it's been making me uh, put forth an effort ever since I read it. It says that we, we listen to respond, we don't listen to understand. Ooh. And when I start to think about it, you know, that is, like, so true because as soon as someone says something, we're we're busy getting our response ready. Sometimes we can't even let them finish what they're saying before, you know, we jump in to, to put our 59 cents in. And because we're not – or even if we wait until them to take a breath, we we stop listening to what they're mm-hmm. saying. You know, we just hear the very first part. And so a lot of times when we do that, we miss key parts of what they're saying. We think that we, we know what they're, what they're going to say, and so we have our response ready. And then when you, when you say your piece, they're looking at you kind of crazy because, like, that's not what I was talking about, you know. Um, and if you hadn't interrupted them or if you had actually listened to everything that they were saying, they were on a totally different vein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You know, know, even though you may be dropping knowledge, it may not be about the subject at hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I got to laugh because that's so true. That is so true. And I got to be be honest because I used to do that. I used to do that. I used to, like, I wouldn't say it out loud, but I was that person. Like the minute someone started talking to me, I, you know, I would be like, okay, so they said that's and so. But I would still be listening, you know, and, you, and I found that I would miss chunks of what they said because I was thinking in my head what they mm-hmm. were saying and what I was going to say. And so then it comes out, oh, could you repeat that last part? You know, and it's like by the time the conversation is done, you have totally changed everything that they were trying to say. Right. You know, and and I had to, and I got it from my dad. You know, I found out where I got that from because my dad does it all the time. And he even he admits to it because he, what he says is, well, I already know based on the first, you know, several, you know, the first few words where they're going with this. I just complete it for them so we can continue the conversation. And I'm like, Daddy, that's rude. No, and that's arrogant. That's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Daddy, no. I said that's that's rude. That's 
you know, you don't know where they were going with that thought. Well, yeah, they were trying to, you know, they wanted to share a memory. I don't, I don't have time to listen to all that. And I'm like, oh, wow. Daddy, you know, no, that's, you don't know where they were going with that. They might have was, their life was going to start with the thought that you heard, but they might want it to go in a totally different direction, and now you've cut them off. Well, you know, well, that's all he said, you know. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I was like, okay, he's not going to change. He's 81, 82. He's just like whatever at this point, you know. And so I had to really, I have to catch myself even now sometimes. So the exercise that I do is I do a mental repeat of what people say to me as they're speaking. So I'm, you know, like what they call that delayed reaction. So if you say the sky is blue in my head, I'm saying the sky is blue. So as you're talking, I'm getting the full understanding of where you're going. So when I do respond, I'm responding to what you said, not how you said it or how I thought you meant to say it and all this other stuff. You know, and this just, it's just like, oh, <laughs> Lord, help me stop doing that, you know, because it makes the other person feel a certain way. Right. You know, you that, that is so true. <laughs> you, yeah, it's so true. I, you know, I try to do double checks. I'm going to jump in right quick. Hold on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, and that and when you had said earlier about ministering to Vanessa, that's the thing. If you're not listening, you know, to what she is saying and how she is saying it, a true minister will listen first and actually listen to what she's saying before they even try to minister to her. Mhm. You know, because you don't want to minister to the feelings you want to minister to the situation. Right. Because the feelings always, you know, our feelings fluctuate, but the situation is still there, you know. So it's, it's being, being a child of God, we have to understand that concept even more so because when God brings people to us and we don't minister correctly, We've we've basically lost that the ground that could have been achieved in listening. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we we've all come across that that person who considers himself a minister. That when you go into them, they you could tell that they weren't listening to you. They were they were not listening to you well. And you walked away un <clears throat> I guess I'll that's best word I can think of right now is unfulfilled. Like, right. Okay, is that what God would have wanted me to do? Like hmm, you feel a certain way. So when you know, we have to take that into consideration again. Can you repeat what the what the um what what it said on the on your on your on on that page about listening one more time? Um, 
that we listen we listen to respond, we don't listen to understand. Yeah. That needed to be repeated. We listen to respond. We don't listen to understand. And that's even listening to God. Mm. Mm. That's even listening to God. We listen to respond to, okay, well, you know, you know God, da 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 da. And he's like, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. You know, because God gives us, because I was, I was telling the kids yesterday, and even as you read today, God will give us an answer. But are you listening to respond or listening to understand what he is saying to you? Right. Because if you're praying he's, and he's giving you your answer and you're listening to respond because you're really not liking how his answer is coming to you, then you're not understanding. You know, you're not you're not waiting to understand and, and maybe even ask another question because if you understand what he what his response is to your question or to your prayer, then you can you're you're able to ask him the appropriate questions. But if you're listening only to respond and not understand, then God answering your question is not going to do you any good because you're not listening to understand. And now you're going back and doing the same thing over again. And you're like, but God, I did what you said, do. And he's like, no, no, you only did half of what I said, you know. And so it's, it's, it's wow, it goes so far, you know. So listening goes so much further than we even think about sometimes. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good morning. Can I just add something to that? Oh, sure. I, um, a lot of the times we do listen to respond, but the response is to defend what our stance or what our position is at that given time. Mm-hmm. Or to you know to respond and validate what it is that we've done, or to justify it. Just had to throw that in there, didn't you, Erica? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, the thing is, because the world teaches us to have this certain strength or um, ingenuity or this position where we should not, that we have to be strong and that we should not allow people or things to offend us and that we have to always stand in a position to defend ourselves. And in that right, when we when it even comes to, you know, the word of God and listening to God, we have that same position. You know, we want to defend ourselves to God based on what it is that we've done or to validate or justify why we behaved or reacted the way that we did as opposed to listening. Because, you know, 
Uh, well, let me finish. As opposed to listening, that we can be corrected. Mm. We don't ever want to feel that we're in the wrong. We don't, you know, and especially when we come of age, you know, um, in the world, when we feel that we have uh, acquired or achieved maturity or adulthood, you know, we feel that we're in a position that everything, for the most part, that we do is, you know, us in our right mind and and it has a purpose or a reason. Not that we're doing anything wrong because as an adult, when I can, when I am supposed to be in a place where I can make my own decisions, I can come and go as I please, or I can do as I want to do, it is not considered wrong. But when when God is speaking to us so that we um, can understand, one, who we are in him and his will for our life, even knowing that the things that we consciously decided to do was wrong, then, you know, we, you know, we don't want to be disciplined anymore after we reach a certain age. We accept and respect discipline up until we get to whatever that age is when we are out on our own. I don't live with my parents. I don't have to live under their rules or abide by what they say. And God continues to communicate with us in that parental mind frame, so to speak. So we still believe that the things that we choose to do most of the time is correct or it's validated. It's hard to break that parallel or it's difficult at times to break the parallel of having to adhere to rules and regulations under some other um, auspices after we realize, I'm grown, I'm on my own, I'm not under my mom's, you know, in my mom's house. I don't have to do as my parents say anymore. I can do as I feel or do as I want. And we have to learn as we continue to grow in the body of Christ, even doing what we want is not right. Because it's out, if it's outside of his will, we're still wrong. And it's hard to tell a grown person that you're wrong and you can't do. And it's hard for a grown person to hear that. Yeah. It's no oh, different than true. when we raise our kids and they are in those ages of 18 and 21. It's like, Mom, but you don't understand. I'm past that you know, child age where you have to, you know, um, tell me what I need to do and how I need to do it. I mean, come on, give me a break. You're supposed to give me a little more leeway. I'm more mature than that now. You're supposed to, you know, loosen, you know, that grip, so to speak, and, you know, trust me. Well, Mm. yeah, I do, but I do understand that you don't know everything you need to know to handle these situations. And so God says that to us. You might be familiar with it, but you don't know everything you need to know to handle this situation. And as your loving father, I am here to help you through this. 
And a lot of times we don't want help. We just want to be able to do. That's my grandfather used to say when he was living. The day you stop learning is the day that you're dead. And it, it, it's not so much that we don't want to learn. We just don't want to abide by anyone else's rule. Exactly. I think some people that have so-called positions, they thought because they was in a position, a title kept them from still taking the time to humble themselves to listen. Just as well as you got people out there that's hurt and hurt by other people, if they see somebody else may have a joy in their step or their heart and they're talking to somebody, chances are, depending on how deep that hurt is, they'll go over just to see if they can go ahead and get and, and um, kill off your joy. I seen someone the other day, they have a very bad habit of doing that, but they got so comfortable in it. Even if you tell them about it, they, they have a hard time trying to let go of that because they've been doing it for so long. So do you think that it's because, do you think we listen to um, defend now um, when it comes to our relationship with God and for correction and everything? Do you think we sometimes, because we put God in that parental role, is that why we don't? listen to him as much as we should because we want to do our own thing and we consider him that parent that, like, let me do what I want to do now. And, you know, I get what you're saying, but this is this is how I think I should do it. So, therefore, you know, do you think that we put God, we brought God down to uh We've gotten too comfortable with him. Do you think that's what we've done? The reason why we don't want to listen, and we're even at this point, we listen to we listen to respond instead of understanding that we brought him to. We, we've gotten too comfortable with him. Um. I don't know if I would say that we're too comfortable with him. I think in some in uh for some that really may be applicable. Um I think a lot of it is um I you know, a lot of it some could be too comfortable with him. A lot of it is not really listening to him and not knowing him. And, you know, and then a lot of it is straddling the fence, knowing him but 
still wanting to, you know, wanting to be of the spirit and wanting to be of the world at the same time. Mm. That makes sense. It's like, God, Lord, I know you. I love you. I want to do as you say, but then there are things of the of this world that keeps drawing us that uh, appeals to the flesh. That is satisfying to the flesh, but is not satisfying to the spirit. You know, so I do think the the percentages could vary with a lot of different modalities of thinking and feeling. And I think you, you, you know, when you and Pam were having your exchange, I think that was very important because, you know, when we talk about our feelings, that's exactly why when you made the statement that, you know, our feelings change and that they, you know, vary from time to time, that is exactly why we cannot, you know, operate in the spirit based on our feelings. Because our feelings change, the word of God does not. It remains the same regardless of how we feel. Mm. And that's a, that's a struggle. And I will say more so for women because we are emotional individuals. We are e- we are just the emotional, you know, species of people. Okay, Erica, if I could interrupt, because what you just said made me think about something. When you said, you know, our feelings could change, but the word of God does not. Right. But because of of us having a change or, or feeling different, does that change our perception of the word? It can. It can. And that's why and that's why it is, you know, I think it's imperative. I I really believe we probably gonna um regardless to whatever reading um that we go into, I think we're going to consistently or have to constantly uh dibble and dabble back and forth with spirit, body and soul. Spirit, body, mind, body, so whatever, whatever the appropriate uh, title is, because it is, it is something that we will have to learn every day. It's something that we have to practice and and implement every day. Because it keeps coming up. It does, mm-hmm. but that's part of our everyday way of behavior. Because sometimes, you know, you can you can tell if you just do an evaluation or an assessment of how you do things on a daily basis. You can just take a couple of days and you can do a personal assessment. You know, it can be mental, however you choose to do it. But you can look at and see in our lives how some days that we have this more, um, we have more so of an inkling to worship and praise or pray to God and do things, operate more in the spirit. And some days you, you can see where you operate more in your own being. 
you know, because we say it, we, we listen, well, I say it. You know, I just want to operate in Erica today. I just, I'm tired. I don't want, I just, you know, it's like we we pick and choose or we even verbalize that we want to just lay certain things to the side for a moment and just, and just be whatever it is that we want to be or act and behave in whatever manner or, you know, that we want to act and behave in. Mhm. And then I do, and I do personally find myself, um, like today, being one of them, where I have to say, "Okay, Lord, I need to, I, I need to stay focused and concentrated on, you know, what you um, want me to stay focused on, or I need to, you know, really communicate with you before I communicate in Erica, because Erica wants to say and act in a different way than what God would want me to. So it's 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 a constant dying to ourselves, basically. So that means we even have to listen to ourselves. Oh my gosh! Now we go back into the spiritual and body thing. So it's like being, being multifaceted. I mean, everything. So we in the world has a thinking that everything is very linear and very one-dimensional, but it's really we have to be able to multitask in, in our listening, right? Because if we don't listen, if we don't listen to ourselves, you know, like he was saying, you you know when you're in yourself, and you know when you're you're more, you know when you're more. Um, Soul than spirit. You know, when you're more flesh than spirit. You know, if you're listening to yourself, when you're really listening to how you're responding, even in your own self. It's like you could be walking down the street and I'm going to be transparent. There have been times when I was working and I was in a bad head spot. And I can see why the knockout game was was is considered a fun thing. I'm not gonna lie. There has been a, there has been once or twice where I'm walking down the street, and just because wherever my mindset is was at that particular time, just you know, I should trip that person, just stick my foot out and let them trip off my foot, just for no reason, just out of the blue. That is just like, okay, now, let me listen to where that voice came from. Why would that be a thought that even comes to my mind that's out of character for even me? And if you're not listening to, you know, like we even say the devil talks to you, God talks to you in your flesh, and, you know, we have to know, not listen to respond because that means that you're just acting out of character. But we have to listen to understand where our thoughts and our feelings are coming from. Is that coming from a good space or a bad space? Is that coming from me because this is what I want to do? Is this a temptation that the enemy is bringing? Or is this, you know, we have to 
multitasking on all levels. We have things coming at us from within and from without. So that's wow. That's crazy. And see, and you just added another um, aspect into it. Because, see, I, you know, we, okay, for me, you added another layer or aspect to it because we were talking about just our own thoughts versus what God, you know, listening to ourselves versus listening to God. Now you're even bringing in, which is the true essence of what we deal with on a regular basis. Now you brought in when Satan comes in. And when he speaks. So, you you know, and do understand that you can, you know, that there are pretty much three different voices you can hear, that of Satan, that of yourself because you're in flesh, and that of God. That's a lot. Mm. Okay, let me throw this monkey wrench in the pan here. Okay. <laughs> Good. All I can say is mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we got these three voices in our head on a daily basis. Okay. Um, at least these three. And so... And, and 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 we consider ourselves sane for the most part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Girl, you, you took the words right out of my mouth, Lord. But, you know. <laughs> but now, with a schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. See, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm, I need to just say this. And we wonder why mental illness is an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So proceed, just proceed. Okay. So is it that, okay, since we know we do have these voices, okay, the voices are real, but with them, is it because they can't decipher between the voices that they, like, lose control or you know, or have a hard time with them. I'm I'm not phrasing it right, but I think you might know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. You ask it, you, you finish or you... I think so. I th- until, okay. until somebody says something, I think so. Okay. Well, I think it's a little bit of both because you're talking about... We're talking about on, in in one arena acknowledging or realizing that they are in the minimum three different okay. uh, voices. And then when you look at on the other end of the spectrum, okay, let me rephrase it. On one end, we're talking about the minimum of three different voices. And then you're talking about being sane um, and having... Um, the wherewithal to seek God so that we can differentiate the difference between 
his voice, our voice, or our will, and that of, of Satan's voice. Then you go to the other end of the spectrum when you're dealing with someone who's a schizophrenic or multiple personalities that hear multiple voices and have multiple um, hallucinations probably where they act upon probably all of the voices that they hear at some point in time in their life and unable to differentiate God's voice from their own, from Satan's, and from who, whatever other um, person or thing that they feel that they're hearing it from. And so you're talking about confusion, where there's confusion, conflict will rise. So you're talking about a whole lot of things in a vessel that has does not know how to seek God where they can, you know, have God to alleviate all the other voices. And not just that, they don't know or understand that there are voices, you know, that the voices, that we have the understanding that there, you know, the voices are there, you know. And and it's like if you have, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Lord? Oh, shit. For instance, they were saying about being transgender that people are saying that they will, you know, they've always felt a certain way, even at birth. And and it's like, did you really feel that way at birth? And so the pediatricians now are saying no. It's based on society and parents and the inner person. They're all working together and saying that it's validating something that's incorrect. But when it comes to the voices that we know we're hearing, if everybody is telling you you're crazy, then you come to, that's adding to all the other voices that are telling you something totally different. And it's like caught in the mix. There's nobody to ground you. That's the thing. You have to have that one person got to ground you. If you listen to some schizophrenics, it's like they, when I, you know, when people play schizophrenic on TV, it's like you can tell that nobody, they, they're not being able to be grounded and understand that, okay, I'm hearing these voices. I need to decipher whose voice is whose. They can't even decipher their own. And it's just like, okay. For us, it's a a grace of God that we're able to decipher even before we knew who, you know, before we got into whatever relationship with God. It was grace even then for us to be able to stay grounded, knowing that, not knowing that there's these voices, we're understanding, you know, not understanding where the voices are coming from, but hearing them in our head anyway. 
It's by the grace of God that we that we able to stay sane in the stuff that comes at us on a day. <laughs> because I mean, think about it. I mean, the enemy can make you go crazy just by the stuff that he throws at you alone. Not meant, not even including all of the stuff that you throw at yourself. Plus the stuff, you know, it's just like we could really be, you know, cuckoo for I mean, I hate to say it too. Everybody right. else in this world could be cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And right. nobody would be, no one would say that you're wrong. Because they would understand, like, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm hearing the same thing. So all of us are walking around here listening to all these different voices in our head. Mm. So by the grace of God, he's like, you know what? The strength that he gives each one, whoever is, you know, not saying that a schizophrenic doesn't have strength, but what happens is the enemy comes in and destroys whatever strength that that person has for them to go over to the other side. Because we're always walking in their path. We're always walking in their path. And we have to understand that, not just on the thought processes of listening, but everything is a narrow path. Everything is narrow. We have all these tendrils that come into our life that it only takes one pebble, one stone, one one trap, one whatever for us to trip and fall over into the other to to an extreme. But it's by the grace of God that He lets us know, okay, this tendril works this way. All you gotta do is follow and I'll show you. And even if we don't have a strong relationship with him, he still gives us a way that will draw us to him, and finally we're like, oh, okay. And when we get into a relationship with him, then he solidifies that strength. And unfortunately, with our kids, are getting it even worse because now you have all these, all everything is outside of us as well. The video games, the music, and all these celebrities and the visuals. The visuals are what gets our kids now. So now not only do they have the visual that they're listening to, how can you hear a visual? But you have the visuals you're listening to, and then you have all these voices as well. And they're on overload. That's, That's basically what it is. Thank you, Lord. They're on overload. And we have to be willing to catch. Can a schizophrenic be turned? Can a schizophrenic uh, that word? Schizophrenic. Yes, thank you. Can they no longer be a schizophrenic, Erica? Sorry about that. I was on mute because I got a lot of office machine oh, stuff no, going on. But um yeah, yes, um they I'm say that again. Can they can a schizophrenic be cured? Yes, they can. And um oftentimes 
the you know the percentage of schizophrenia people who are diagnosed with schizophrenia typically the majority of them it's a very minimum it's minimal time that they have those episodes a high percentage of schizophrenics have one maybe one episode throughout their lifetime mm-hmm. And so when I when I looked at you know when they I'm gonna say this when they gave those statistics to us that it's you know it's very um, those who are diagnosed with schizophrenia they have typically or commonly one episode throughout their lifetime and they never have another one that says to me or well it says to me that it should say to you know, that whole um, profession that God is able. That's number one. That's number one. You have to understand, oftentimes in that profession, they don't even acknowledge God. So that that's, you know, that's one of the main things. But you said a couple. Whew, you said a lot of things. Um, you when you talked about um individuals that um you know, the transgender population and you talked about uh they say that they've been feeling that way since they were children. That goes back to the emotion thing that we're talking about. You're talking about someone who has yet to understand and they're talking about their feelings which is still a carnal thing, and how that is separate from uh, from that of the spirit. And without guidance or direction, our feelings and our emotions will continue to allow us, well, put it like this, without guidance and, and instruction, um, our feelings and emotions can just grow and enhance into something else that's not of the spirit. Because remember, the spirit don't deal with emotions and feelings, period. Because then I saying again that it's not even it's not a it's a it's not even a spiritual thing. It's a, it's a, it's a wow. I'm like, okay, all right. Oh, shut up, all right. Yes, Lord. <laughs> wow. Wow. Mm.
Okay, did we get too deep and we needed a break? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah, even mad like... about it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Did you know what? Because at the end of the day, that last statement that you made really sums it up. It really sums it up because, again, we're not dealing. You take if you take feelings out of it, you know, if you take feelings out of everything, you're basically it. It, it comes down to letting in and turn it on. Okay. Um, uh, if you take feelings out of it, it comes down to the basics which is spirit, soul, and body. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, okay, so what spirit are you following when you say that? Hey, there you go. There you go. You had to go there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I wasn't excited on going this way, but, I mean, that's how our conversation went, you know. But it, it does, but that's basically it. When we get down to the basics of everything, the spirit, soul, and body, mm-hmm. and who are you following? Who are you listening to? You know, so he's already said in his words, you can't follow two masters. Right. Amen. So if you say that you are, um, and again, I, you know, I, I gotta please because this is being recorded. But what I'm about to say, this is, this is not this is Felicia Long's opinion. This is not the opinion of Gracious <laughs> Ministries and the subsidiaries or whoever else is associated with the call. This is Felicia Long's opinion. But, uh, oh Jesus! Um, <laughs> but you know, because the thing is, at the end of the day, however you identify yourself. Homosexual, transgender, um, a whoremonger, you know, a thought, a Christian, a Buddhist, whatever. At the end of the day, spirit, soul, and body, you are basically deciding what spirit are you following? The spirit of the living God or the devil? Those are the only two main spirits that you're following. If you're following yourself, then basically you're following the devil because you're not letting God lead. Mm-hmm. Y'all play too mm-hmm. much, girl. You're Bye. pulling out the wild cards. You're playing too much. You, 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 you're playing hardball, baby. You're playing hardball. I mean, the truth, the truth is the truth and the truth is the It is. It's still hardball. I'm sorry. Because, I mean, because at the end of the day, you have to that that's basically who are you listening to? Because again, mm-hmm. spirit, soul and body, we are actually people we all know we're spirit they call it energy, they call it vibrations, whatever. The the vibrations or energy <laughs> that's in this world, in this universe, is God and the devil. Those are the biggest energies and, and vibrations that we have to follow. Mm. So if you're following, if you're, so you're either following God or you're following the devil. Yesterday, the Satan, whatever name 
that you describe peace to deep fast. Those are the same two. If you're, if, you're, if you're saying that there is no God and you're following the path of unrighteousness, you're following the path of the devil, you're following that mm. to let them the mm. chaos confusion. Everything that will bring you to a point where you can break spirits, bodies, Mm-hmm. You're following God. Understand that yes, you might still have to deal with who follow um, the other one. But God, at the end of if you break, He puts you back together again. That is the difference. And He's even there to make sure you don't break. He tries to make it so that your win. You, you are able to bend. He wants you to bend. He wants you to. He wants you to be as smooth as him. You go into a situation, and no matter how negative it's, because you're his, you can. He he can show you how to bend and wind your way through it, so that you come out stronger on the other side and victorious. Where somebody else who's not a kid, they go through and you know. They they have their issues that they're dealing with. And it all comes back to what we started this whole conversation and laying off of listening. Are you listening to are you listening to understand? Wow. Wow. <laughs> all right, Lord. All right. All right. <laughs> no. And, you know, okay. No, go ahead. I'm going on mute for a second. Oh. Well, you know, and this is this is just really a mere, a mere example of how difficult things can become. when we don't have Christ in our life. This lets you know really how um, challenging it is in the body of Christ because once you accept, you know, Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have confessed your sins and you have decided to follow Christ. We've been hearing, you know, this entire time that soon as you accept, that is almost like that sends a direct message to Satan, and you know that he's coming. He's going to approach you in some shape, form, or fashion, and he is definitely going to dress himself up to approach you in areas that he feels that you're weak in or that we're weak in. And that's when this simplicity of you know, Jesus and Satan can become uh, difficult or that the simplicity of it grows into 
these variations because Satan is willing to take on any face that he has to to reach you. And this, this alone is how and why, because remember, we talk about it all the time about choice. You know, God gives us the free will of choice. And this is, this is what people face on a daily basis. This is at really probably a very elementary um, level of what people face when they choose to check out. Because this is very emotional or overwhelming to just one's being. And when you don't know and when you are unaware that you need to seek God, that's how convoluted and heavy and burdensome this thing can really be. So we have people that check out mentally on a regular basis because they just don't want to or they can't. And so we're talking about, you know, when we're talking about choice, we it makes it makes me think of uh, the reading Sam did on Friday when he talked about the different definitions of death. You know how people can choose to die. Because they can't or don't want to contend or deal with. And based on choice, you know, I will, you know, go back with one of my many mantras that I've shared with the call. Things are not as... um, easy as it seems, but it's definitely not as difficult as we make it because a choice and the right choice, you know, is a difference in things being um, not as easy as it seems, but not as difficult as we can make them. A choice can, you know, differentiate what side of the fence you can stand on, even with that mantra. Because choosing to, you know, follow Christ is not easy as we think it is. <laughs> but following Satan going to make it harder than you ever wanted it to be in your life. <laughs>
Amen, God. Amen. Amen. Because <laughs> when you can't say nothing else, it's just like, Lord, help us all. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, amen. I'm still here like, wow. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, do I want to continue? I want to finish this chapter out? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because we have to tie it up. We have to tie it up. Have to. Um, because this gives us the answer to all that we're saying, you know, and all that has been said. Wow. Okay. It does. It gives us the answer. Um, because at the end of the day, when we listen, um, yeah, I'm one more time. Sorry, hold on, ladies. Three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, and twelve. Just you don't have to flip them or anything. Just multiplication. Okay. All right. Um. Hmm. I'll let you finish. I'll try my best not to say anything else. No, I mean, you know what? Because the thing is, that's why, and that's that's the reason why God led for us to do this instead of our usual. Because we have to get this understanding. Because in in the days that's coming up, we're going to have to be able to hear, to understand the instructions and not be trying to respond first. Right. That's going to be the difference between life and death. Well, and I, I'm, amen, I'm going to say this. You have to be able to hear and know what you're listening to and what you're hearing to be able to make that decision or make that choice. You you broke up a little bit, Erica. Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. You're going to have to be able to know what you're hearing or what you're listening to to make the choice. Mm. Because, see, it still boils down, you know, to choosing. And if you're basing your choice or your decision on what you're listening to and what you're hearing, you have to know what it is that you're listening to and know what it is that you're hearing. And the thing about it is Satan is such, he's, you know, such a great manipulator that if you, if we don't know the word of God, Satan can say things that are so parallel to God's word that it can be easily mistaken from those, for those of us that are not, um, you know, aware or not knowledgeable of God's words to where Satan can dress it up to where it sounds so much like, oh, that might be right. 
That sounds like what God say. And it says in Revelations, you know, that the words of, you know, his words should not be changed. Just in the last, I can't remember where it is. See, this is what happened when I'm at work. I need to, I do need to just have a Bible that's right here. Right here at my desk. <laughs> I'm a Bible one. I'm, even Girl, if I go to I'm the, surprised you don't have two or three of them at your desk. I should. I did, you know, at one time, you know, again, being in being in Erica, yeah, and got mad and took all my stuff home. Oh, okay. I understand. You know, you know, you know just still not doing the right thing, but, you know, being in me. Um, I'm going to... The Revelations is the last chapter. And it is the last chapter. The 25th right. chapter, the 18th verse, is for I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book, that any man shall add unto these things. God shall add unto him plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So it behooves everyone to know what you're listening to and hearing. Mm. Yep. Because once you have come to the acknowledgement, and I'm just going to say the acknowledgement, we're not even talking about, uh, you know, um, going to the level of choosing and deciding yet. But just to, to have the acknowledgement that God exists, you're still going to be held accountable. And it's amazing. Once you read that, then, you know, I mean, there's two more verses, but the last verse is, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And then I'm saying, for real. <laughs> <laughs> you gave me all these all these words in these 66 books. And then at the end, you tell me what. The, what is going to happen if I add if if I add things to it, and what's going to happen if I take things away from it? And then it's like, okay, the grace of the Lord, you know, be with you all. Amen. I'm like, okay, really, just <laughs> and it's just like, okay, you shattered, you just shattered me, real, you know, you made me look like a deer in headlights, and then it's like, by the way. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. <laughs> I was like, all right. That's funny. That's true, though. 
Do you like okay? I mean, how many people have done that? Gone to church, heard a word from the Lord, and just was like, I didn't get it. It wasn't. It wasn't about me. And walks out. And even though it touched every aspect of his life, but he walks out and that and continues on his way, doing the same thing. Whereas someone who's listening to understand what God is saying will go away from that same church service with the understanding that there's something in me that I need to address. There's something in me that I need to let God fix. Same, same service. Huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry, that's another line. I'll leave the message. Um, same sermon, different responses because of the stance of how they were listening, of how they were listening, which determined how they made their choice when they walked out the door. And then it says, in, um, because another another aspect is 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 brought in in verse twenty five it says he being not a forgetful here because what happens is all that you know what Erica was saying about you know we listen we have to you know we have to make a choice and we you know everything is hinging on how we're listening because if we're listening just to respond. How are we going to remember what has been said? But if we're listening to understand, we won't we won't forget. We won't we'll, we'll be like, okay, I gotta remember what he said. I gotta remember what the word of the, the Lord said. I gotta remember what the what the minister said. Like yes, like from yesterday's sermon, I was really upset with myself. I'm like, that word really touched me. I cannot remember. What Sam said that really bothered me until you we were talking about something else and it was like it clicked. He said being a trailblazer. That's what he said. Yes, Lord, thank you. God brings back to our remembrance when we are actively listening and to understand what he's bringing to us. He brings it back to our remembrance when we need it. If we're listening in the right capacity, but if we're listening just to respond, we won't. It won't register at all. It'll, like the old folks say, in one ear and out the other. In verse twenty-six, um, okay. If any man among you seems to be religious, religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This man's religion is in vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And so we have, you know, when we're when we're listening to the word of God, we're not supposed to 
try to defend our stance outside the will of God. Anything outside the will of God, that's it's questionable. Because that means are you are we listening to what he said do and what he he said not to do. But it says this is very important. A religious man that bridles not his tongue, he deceives his own heart, and the religion is in vain. Those are those three aspects are very important because if he has to bridle his tongue, that means he's not listening. His religion is not to listen. His religion is what he says out his mouth. So therefore, he's listening to respond, defend, not to hear, and actually, you know, and actually understand what God wants. And what God requires. But pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit the fatherless. And this is this is from Old to New Testament. Visit the fatherless, a widow in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And that means holding himself from the world's standards and living God's standards. So again, it's what are you listening to? Are you listening to which, which voice are you paying attention to? Which voice are you heeding at any given moment on any given okay or at any given time? Which voice are you heeding? And that is hold on one second. Sorry about that. But, yeah, so that's, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't know about y'all, but, yeah, any questions, comments, concerns? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. God has really showed up and showed out today. Amen. 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 All right. Any other any other um, comments regarding what's been said or read? It's, that was it was deep today. It was deep. Praise God! Praise God! Yeah, see, this would be the time that uh, Sam would play some music. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking at like. Where's my other phone? 
my soul, baby. Gonna <laughs> I'm gonna play some music and um hurry up, please. Yeah. Wow. And then um play the song and then um if uh you guys have any um we'll, we'll take really
Y'all able, able to hear that song? Hmm? Were you able to hear that song? Yes. Okay. All right. Just wanted to make sure. Yes. And at the end of the day, that's pretty much where God wants us to be. He wants us to be so deep, you know, in our faith in him, in our spiritual walk with him. And we'll walk on water, you know. We'll walk on water. But, again, it's all about listening and choices and and making the right choice based on what we hear and not how we feel or anything like that. So um, that being said, is there any other... um, if there's are there any other comments or questions, criticisms? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Comments, questions, criticisms, one. 
ways. Okay. All right. Um, so now we're going into prayer requests. Are there any prayer requests? Nope. You can pray for me. All right, Miss Pam. Hold on one second. <clears throat> Okay. All right. So, Father God, we come and we pray for Pam right now, Lord, and we just thank you for this woman of God. Um, and we pray right now, Lord, because she gave out a ministry today, and and everything that we give out. For your glory, Lord, we we need to um, ask for a rejuvenation and a replacement to be received so that we will have enough in the storehouse of our spirit for the situations that we deal with on a daily. And so, Lord, everything that she gave out today, oh, Lord, in her ministering to um the young lady this morning, oh, God, we pray for it to be recharged back to her so that she's able to withstand anything that she needs to deal with today. And we speak against any repercussions or backlash that um, that may be resulted from her standing in the gap and giving an encouraging word because the enemy cannot stand for your children to do the work that you require of us on a daily. It can go from just encouraging to a prayer to, you know, whatever it is, oh, God. And when we do it, the enemy gets mad. And so we we speak of protection around her today, oh, God, and her seven degrees of separation that what she has given out will not be Will, will not return unto you, Lord, because she used your word in the situation to recover, to encourage, and and respond to to the young lady earlier. And so, Lord, we speak that those words that she spoke in will not be put in bad ground, but in good ground, and seeded and sown and watered by you, O oh God, so that Vanessa will receive peace. And as Pam was being obedient to your leading, Lord, we just ask that you would continue to watch over her and keep her in her seven degrees of separation. And, Lord, whatever she has planned for today, in the present of today, oh, God, we just ask that you would give her all that she needs to get through this day. Give her her daily bread today, oh, God. Give her the knowledge, wisdom, understanding that she needs to make it through this day, oh, God. Help her to walk around every atmosphere that the enemy tries to put before her to delay her, to dissuade her from going forward, oh God. We speak against any 
sickness, illness, disease, infections, or plagues that try to attach themselves to her today. Nothing that she eats, drinks, breathes, or touches shall cause her bodily harm. And, Lord, we know that you will always watch out for yours. So as she does your will, as she walks in the purpose that you have set before her, watch over and keep her. Have her angel go before her and direct her vision and her understanding and help her discern every situation that she's um, that she's brought um, in front of today for her good but for your glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else want to pray? I know Erica did. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, Lord. Okay. So, Lord, we come for Erica right now. Uh, all that she gave out on this call today, oh God, we thank you that she was able and able to give us insight into the reading, a different aspect that we would, without her being able to add on, we would not have been able to even begin to understand, oh God because we are um, more than just what we see. We're multifaceted. And with her being able to give the information that she gave to us regarding mental issues, oh, God, we have now a fuller understanding of what we're dealing with. And so, Lord, we just ask in that you will continue to watch over her because she listens on a daily basis, not just to us on the call, but to her um, her clients and her patients and her coworkers. And in the listening, there's so much overload that can be attached to that. And so, Lord, and because she has to listen to understand, that can bring a heaviness, oh, God, that even that no, no um, mortal person should be able and is able to withstand. But God, because she's yours, we know that you can give her the supernatural strength and mental ability and acuity to be able to go around everything that she hears and not be affected by it. And so, Lord, we just ask that you will filter her ears, put a, put your filter over her ears so that she is not affected by what she hears, so she, that she gets to understand and to be able to assist those that she, that she helps on a day-to-day basis, oh God. Lord, we ask that you will take off the any spirit of heaviness that tries to attach itself to her as she listens to understand each and every client that you bring her way, oh God, because it's through her that she gives relief to those but who gives relief to her but you, oh God. So we ask that you will just continue to keep her, acknowledge, help her hear your voice 
stronger and over every voice that tries to come that she has to listen to on a daily basis as you give her instruction, as you give her encouraging words, as you bring back to her remembrance the word the words of your book that you have that you have sown into her spirit for such a time as this. And, Lord, we just ask that you'll watch over her family and her friends and her seven degrees of separation to give them peace, giving her an oasis among those close to her so that their issues won't overcome her as well. Father God, let let their issues be put into your hand and that you deal with them as you see fit so that she doesn't be overloaded with from the inside and out with day-to-day, oh God, as she does the ministry that you have put into her hand. And we thank you and praise you for all that you will do that you have done. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. 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 Uh-huh. Amen. Um. And we pray for Sam in his absence um, because he is the, we pray for him, oh God, um, the man of God that you put over this ministry, oh God. We ask that you continue to watch over him this day that he's resting, that he gains, he gains rest to um get the extra rest and get the extra work that he needs done, done, Father God. And we just thank you that on this day that he has received rejuvenation in spirit, soul, and body. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to watch over him and bless him. Bless his family, oh God. Watch over his daughter as she's now away at college and watch over his um, 270 years of experience that's under the house with him, oh God. Give him the patience that he needs to deal with the different um, aspects of each person, you know, that today as he goes forward. As give him the strength that he needs to minister to them today. Um, they're his parents first his border first, his friend first, but he's also his ministry. He ministers them on a daily, showing them the respect that needs to be given to um, the elders, Father God. They still have wisdom to bestow. They still have, they still deserve respect, and they still deserve, you know, a place where they can feel safe, and he gives them all of that. And so as he gives that out to them, oh, God, continue to be his ark of safety and security. Continue to watch over him in spirit, soul, and body, strengthening, encouraging, and building up, and shoring up, and and repairing any breach that the enemy has, um, is trying to or has uh, put in his armor so that he can be able to fight strong and without encumbrance. And we thank you in advance for the blessing that you will give him for all that he does. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. 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 Are there any other prayer requests?
I know you mentioned Morgan um, in your prayer with Sam, but would you say a prayer for Morgan? I sure will. And so, Father God, we come for Morgan right now. This one, the young lady. <clears throat> that was a production of of the man of God, Father. We just pray for her right now. That as she goes through her day, that the ministry that you have put into her spirit as it goes forth, as she um, creates her own circle of new friends and situations and circumstances, oh God, that you will lead her to who to associate with and who not to associate with and how to associate with them for her good and for your glory. But we speak a hedge of protection of especially a spiritual hedge of protection around her, Father God. Help her to remember you on a daily basis. Help her to remember to take the time out on a daily basis to if, if, to, to pray to you, to seek your face, to get on the call even, Father God, just to give you a few minutes or more of her time, Father God, that not to forget that time with you is what strengthens. Time with you is what holds up. Time with you is what keeps us secure and safe because you will never leave us nor forsake us, and you will give us answers to every question that we have. Help her to remember that, oh God, as she goes through her day-to-day at school. And we speak that no weapon formed against her shall prosper. No weapon of sickness, illness, disease, infection, or plague, or allergy. Nothing that she eats, drinks, breathes, or touches shall cause her bodily harm. We speak that no accidents, no violence, or jealousy, confusion, doubt, or fear shall come against her and prosper. We cover her under your protection from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Bind every act of the enemy against her, put her angel at her, her her angel before her to fight the fight before it even gets to her, for her good and for your glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray, amen. Excuse me. Amen. Amen. Um, We pray for Chicago, Louisiana, and California, and those um, areas that would be, that are affected by the Pacific. Yeah, the Pacific. Um, Father, we come right now because of the, this world is groaning. This world is groaning, and so much is happening in the atmosphere, Father God. And so we just pray for those who are affected or will be affected by everything that's going on. And, Lord, just give us what we pray for them right now, those who have lost loved ones due to violence or natural disaster. We pray for those who have lost 
things due to violence or natural disaster. We pray for their health and strength. Pray that in the midst of this, that they seek you. Because, again, you are the ark. It's, the ark was all about safety. The ark was about protection. But regardless of a physical safety and protection, you are our spiritual safety and protection. And so, Father God, let them find their rest in you in spite of all the loss that they have received in this past week and weekend, Lord. Let them find their ark of safety and protection and comfort in you so that they can rebuild, so that they can, so that they can um, be forgiving, so they can just do everything that needs to be done so that they can find peace and that peace is in you as well. And so, Lord, we just thank you that in advance for the blessing of grace and mercy upon them because they are still here in spite of all that's going on. And we thank you. We give you glory and honor that only you deserve. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Okay. Um, is there any other requests for prayer? Sure, you can pray for Renee. All right. Father, we come for for Renee right now. Father, we come for Renee so that help her to continue to hear, help her to listen, help her to understand, help her to continue to grow in her relationship with you, Father God. Help her to continue to walk, oh Lord, in the ways that you need her to walk, exactly, and in your divine order. Guide her each and every footstep, oh God. Walk over her and keep her, her family and her seven degrees of separation from all hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen. Now, Father, we just thank you in advance for your blessings that you put upon and in her life. Help her to receive the present of today and help her to unlock the gift of today the way you want it to help her to receive everything that you want her to receive for today, for her good and for your glory. In the name of your show, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Anyone else want prayer? Okay. Anybody else want prayer going on? Anybody else want prayer going twice? Okay. Um, I'm going to give the two words for today. From the burns, they give the encouraging words that I usually read from, um, and then uh, we're going to end the call. Um, so, um, if Pam wants to read these, if you could, if, would you mind praying us 
out, please? Okay. Okay. All right, so from um, Minister Bill Burns, the encouraging word he has given is don't stop, don't quit the race, run the race in such a way that you will win it. Run and you shall find that you have extreme energy and extreme speed because I will anoint you with my purposes in this dispensation and in this very time that you find yourself in. For you are in the last stages of the race. Run the race now to receive everything I have for you. That is his encouraging word for today. And um, the encouraging word from his wife, um, Marsha Burns, is this. Know that when you are going through a rough patch, it is for the purpose of learning something valuable about yourself as you relate to me, says the Lord. Look for the silver lining in every dark cloud and appreciate the opportunities you are given to grow and gain spiritual strength. As she references Job 12 and 22, he uncovers deep things out of darkness and brings the shadow of death to life. And those are our encouraging words for today. Okay. Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. Father, I thank you for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, again, I thank you for this call, for the fellowship, and for us, and for the learning and the sharing of your word. What an awesome call we had today, Father. Mm, starting with, with Vanessa, who called in this morning, who obviously needed to call in to get some things off of her and to hear some words of encouragement. Father, I pray that 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 is what was provided for her and that it will help her with her day and in her walk with you, Father. Father, we thank Felicia for, for being obedient and for waking up and getting on the call this morning and for leading us in in an awesome message which created conversation that that took us down several different paths as our calls tend to do from time to time. We thank you, Father, for for Erica and her contribution to the call, her clarification of the word as well, helping us to to understand and to to dig a little deeper in our own thoughts as as we held Bible study this morning. Father, what an awesome call this is. We just, we thank you for this branch of the prayer call that you created and that Felicia is being obedient by continuing to lead every Monday. We are learning so much. Mm. Thank you again, Father, for these calls that give us a place to come and to share and to and to learn and all without judgment. These calls are a lifeline to our day. Otherwise, we would not call in. We would not spend so much time on them. They help to feed us. Thank you, Father. 
We thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If there's nothing else, you guys have a blessed and wonderful day, and I'll hear you guys in the morning. Okay. Okay. Have a blessed one. I'll be in time. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hello?
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.